to In the News for August the 4th, 2023. I am Brett Burney from AppsInLaw.com. And this is Jeff Richardson from iPhone JD. Hey, Brett. Good morning, Jeff. Today, our podcast feels like it's all grown up. <laughs> Today is the first day quickly. We are so excited to announce that we uh, have the show sponsored today by SaneBox. Uh, and uh, we, we've got a special URL that's set up at samebox.com slash in the news. We're going to talk a little bit more about it a little bit later on in the uh, episode, but we're just really grateful and thankful to have SaneBox on. And uh, we'll tell you why it's uh, we're so excited about this here in a little bit. Uh, in the meantime, if you've got any summer travel planned, you might want to consider Air Canada as your as your airline of choice if you want to catch up on all those Apple TV Plus shows that you haven't finished up. Like if you want to binge some. Anyway, you had a leak today from Air Canada that they are announcing that if you are in flight for the in-flight entertainment, they now are going to offer Apple TV Plus. I think this is really cool. I always think it's interesting when I travel because for me, you know, I'm going to be watching things on my iPhone or my iPad. Right. Some people iPad, watch things right. on their computer. I'm always amazed at the number of people that watch things on the back of the headrest in front of them on the plane, you know, <laughs> right. and I can understand it for live sports. I mean, I've certainly been in the air when, you know, I'm flying into New Orleans and there's an LSU game on. So everybody in New Orleans is excited about it. So of course, everybody's going to be watching that thanks to the satellite and the live sports. Right. Um, but people watch a lot of the stuff that's on the, the in-flight stuff. So I guess it's a good idea for Apple to say, hey, why not let people that are not currently subscribed uh, subscribe to Apple TV Plus to uh, to, to get, a, get a taste of it? You know, maybe watch the first episode of a show like For All Mankind yeah. or something like that yeah. and see if it appeals to them. So uh, so it was an interesting to see this announcement with, um, with Air Canada. I don't think it's the first time Apple's done this. I think Apple has had other... I'm trying to remember back. It oh, seems like I've seen something airline? with them on okay. Air, yeah, one of the United States Airlines. But um, but again, they're they're really trying to get Apple TV Plus out there. You know, they've yeah. got the good shows Spread like Ted Lasso, around. which everybody's talking right. about, right. and now they just want to get more exposure so that more people um, get into it. You know, I I have done exactly what you just described on some flights. You know, I've got a little bit of free time, and it's like I keep hearing about this show. I've never had time to sit and watch it, and that's exactly when I'll start something new. Like I just want to, you know, taste it out. You know, get a little bit of a taste and see yeah. if I like it or not. But like you also said, Jeff, what we're really talking about here is those screens built into the back of the of the of the uh, of the seat in front of us. Mm -hmm. Which I got to tell you, I was just on a United flight yesterday. The screens weren't even working. So, oh, goodness. <laughs> but I got to tell you, everybody was doing exactly what you described. It's like on their iPhone, their computer, their iPad. And so honestly, that's where I default to if I want to watch something. And today, most times, if you connect to the Wi-Fi or they have free entertainment, it's like through the United app, right? Or the Delta app, mm -hmm. you can get some of that information there as well. But I but I, I think to your point, it's just more interesting of the partnership aspects here, right? It's just another opportunity, I think, for Apple TV Plus to kind of maybe get exposed to more people mm -hmm. in different areas, maybe that you didn't that you wouldn't think about it, uh, which I I think is cool. Uh, if you are considering this, maybe one of the Apple TV Plus shows you may not want to consider on the flight is uh, Hijack. <laughs> but you wrote about this today. You've really been enjoying the uh, series a lot. 
this has been a great show. It really has. The the seventh episode dropped this week, and um, it's uh, it, it stars Idris Elba, who I know from The yeah, Wire and many other great. shows. He's fabulous, and you know he is such a great character in this show. Where he is, his job is he's a professional negotiator that works on like mergers and acquisitions. So when the person at the end has to sort of get the deal done, I think as an attorney, sort of like a really good mediator, you know, someone that brings the parties together yeah. and finds a ways to find common ground. And so he uses those skills to deal with the hijackers in the show and it's an exciting show it's one of those shows that at the end of every episode you absolutely want to watch the next episode and it's been painful for the last seven weeks to have to you know wait for another week to watch the next episode but it's great but so i really enjoyed the show of course as you said may not be the right thing to watch on a plane much like you know you don't want to you know watch jaws when you're at the beach but it is um it's a good example though of just apple continues to come up with these with these great shows and um you know it's they've come so far from the days when it was just you know, the service was just starting out. They only had a few yeah. shows. Some of them were right. better than other. You know, Apple started with For All Mankind, one of my favorite shows of all times. Yeah, the Morning Show, which I right. enjoy, but I don't think it's, I mean, it's quite as good as Apple wants it to be, but it's still a pretty good show. And then a show called C that I did watch with my son, but was just sort of okay. So it was sort of like a good, yeah. pretty good, and a whatever show was how they started. But <laughs> since then... Not every show on Apple TV Plus is the best show, but so many of them are really, really good, and I really yeah. enjoy them, and they they have something there. Um, and one other thing, and this goes back to the Air Canada thing, is when Apple TV Plus started, Brett, I wasn't sure if Apple was going to take the perspective of, we want this to be a reason to buy Apple products. So to really yeah. watch Apple TV Plus, you got to have an Apple TV or an iPhone or an iPad. Right, right. But Apple's gone the opposite direction, sort of the Good way that point. we saw Netflix Good go point. years ago, yeah. which is, no, 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 We this service is something in itself. We want to make it widely available, get right. Apple TV Plus, no matter what device you're using, watch it in a That's computer, a watch it on, yeah. a, you know, it doesn't have to be products that we sell, watch it on whatever you have. You know, yeah. we just want you to be a subscriber. Um, and I know, I understand the reason why, because the, the more you start to bring people into the Apple ecosystem and stuff like that, hopefully they'll look at other products. Um, I don't know if there's as much bleed over from something like Apple. TV plus into buying an iPhone, but even so it's just part of being a part of the Apple family. So the, the whole, the whole process has been fascinating over the last few years to, to, to sort of step back and see what Apple's doing. Um, yeah. But also just as someone that enjoys watching good stuff, they got great stuff. It must be working. I just saw this story. I think this past week, Apple yeah. reported some, some, some revenue or some numbers. Apple subscriptions have hit 1 billion paid subscribers. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. Or, I mean, now this is all the breadth of their subscriptions. This right? is Across everything iCloud, possible. Apple Music, subscribing right. to an app, the whole thing. Yeah. But, but it still, includes Apple TV Plus, And that's amazing mm -hmm. that that number. Yeah. There are a billion people or a billion instances, because some of these might be the same person where someone's saying, you know, I'm going to, you know, give you my credit card and you can go ahead and charge it every week, every month for whatever this right, right. You know, service is. So um, it's pretty incredible. Well, that's good. And I might have to try hijack now based on your recommendations. You're always so good it. at the recommendations, Jeff. But because I do travel quite a bit, I have refrained from watching this because <laughs> I just don't want to. And I thought, honestly, it, I thought it was going to be, okay, well, this is another hijack you know, movie, lots of guns, you know, Air Force One, Con Air or something like that. But until you started talking about the fact that, no, he's more of a, uh, of a hostage negotiator, right? He's more of negotiation skills. I'm like, mm -hmm. okay, I, I, yeah. I might be able to look at that. That's good.
I would let me just say one more thing though on yeah, that topic. Yeah. It just reminds me that sometimes I'll be watching like my Apple TV Plus or whatever show when I'm on a plane on my iPad. And you know, every once in a while you will get to a scene where it's suddenly like, oh my gosh, I, I didn't even occur to me that in this episode of Game of Thrones they were going to be showing nudity. And so then suddenly right, I feel right. like I need it's to like, hide my iPad because you don't know what people behind <laughs> you are seeing. That's right. the danger of watching your own stuff on a plane. I guess that, right. at least if you watch the stuff on the um that the plane gives you, it's gonna at least be a little bit more PG. But anyway. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully. Yes. All right, well, we just talked about Apple reporting that they hit 1 billion paid subscribers. And then some of the other numbers that came out, uh, it, it seems like, I haven't done just a whole lot of look, but uh, looking about this, but the general uh, phone market or the smartphone market apparently is a little bit down with some of the numbers. And maybe this happens mm -hmm. every summer. I'm not really sure. But uh, but Apple seems to be uh, uh, the the uh, a little bit of an oddity here. Their market mm -hmm. share has gone up. And this is a neat little quick story that you uh, linked to from uh, David Sparks. Yeah, and he has some ideas about it. You know, it's, you know, he says that the overall market might be down just because, you know, people are not as interested in buying smartphones nowadays as right. they were. I guess that's possible, although it seems like we would have gotten to that point a while before. But the Agreed. key point is that, you know, either Apple is staying in place as the market goes down, and that alone would be enough for it to increase its market share, or maybe Apple is actually selling more. But, you know, Apple, as, as David says here, I agree with them. They, it's a very mature product line because there are so mm -hmm. many different phones at so many different price points. And and it's right, not just right. the new ones too. I mean, Apple on its website will advertise the newest iPhones, but you go into any store and they yep. are more than willing to sell you the year old version or the two year old version Correct. at a reduced price. Right. And as a result, if you were to sort of make like a chart of, you know, the cheapest iPhones you can buy all the way up to the very top of the line, the Apple, you know, iPhone 14 Pro Max, uh, there's pretty much something at every price point, you know, yeah. it's just whatever you're in the mood for, you know, maybe not at the low, 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 low end. That's where the Android phones are going to have a little bit more, but you can't really make money at sure. that super low end, but at, you know, at the, at the low to medium end all the way up, there's just so many options there. Well, you, uh, most people are going to know that you and I usually go for like whatever the latest and greatest is. But mm -hmm. to your point, uh, I think maybe about four or five months ago, I just got a new phone for my wife and for my daughter and they did not care to have the latest and greatest and, yeah, and daddy yeah. did not care to pay that price for all of that but i ended up getting them just a regular iphone 12s so to your point jeff i mean these are like two years old now and mm -hmm. they love it like it did everything that they needed to do and it was more than enough and actually i think i got them through apple if i'm not mistaken yes i did so the idea was you know i was able to put it on my apple card and pay over the interest and they were brand new and they are very they're tickle pink i mean it's just great that they are enjoying it so much um, on yeah, that. So, same yeah, experience here. Interesting. My, yeah. my daughter has an iPhone SE. I'm pretty sure she has the second generation that came out in 2020. The, the third generation came out last year. But um, her battery was running low in the beginning of the summer. And so we just went to the Apple store. She got a new battery in it. And I mean, yeah. I even, I, not that I was looking to buy a new phone, but I did sort of ask her some questions to see if right. and she's like, oh no, the, the phone's great. I just need more battery life. So uh, a simple little battery upgrade was all that she needed. So, that you know, for, for what she uses her iPhone for, that was all she needed. Depending on what model of iPhone and AirPods you have, you could be listening to spatial audio. We've talked about this several <laughs> times. Uh, and I usually think about spatial audio specifically in using the Apple Music app, right? Jeff, that's usually where it comes up. But it is available even in FaceTime audio. So if you're doing a FaceTime call and it's not just Apple anymore. This was a really interesting story, I think, uh, that you linked to today that you now can use spatial audio in Microsoft 
Teams meetings. That's really cool that, I mean, I don't know if this is the same Apple spatial audio, maybe Microsoft is just calling it their version of spatial audio, but never, regardless, I'm just really happy because I use Microsoft Teams on my Mac a lot, even on my yeah. phone. And if that can come to that uh, in the video here is really cool. J just being able to access that is really cool as well. Yeah. You know, spatial audio sort of has two uh, incarnations, at least on Apple products. You have the version of spatial audio in uh, Apple Music, as you just said, where it, it different instruments are all around you and it creates this sort of a 3D experience that the music seems, well, more rich as a result of, yeah. you know, much like the difference between mono and stereo is that it seems more right. rich. Going from stereo to spatial audio seems more rich. That's one version of spatial audio and it's cool. But one of the first versions of spatial audio in the something that, for example, if you're listening to something on your iPad and you're wearing right. your AirPods, as you look at your iPad, the musical scene or the, the sound yeah. will seem to be right in front of you. But if you turn your head to look to the side, it'll be as if the sound is just coming from the left side of your body where the right. iPad is located. And it right. tricks you. It tricks you into thinking that you're actually listening Somebody to sound is. from the iPad as opposed to right. through your ears. There have absolutely right. been times where I've been so tricked by spatial audio that I'm like, wait a minute, Am I using my headphones? And then exactly. I'm like, oh, oh can same, people hear me? Same, and so I'll pull my my AirPod out and like, oh yeah, okay, I, I'm actually using my AirPods because because <laughs> it's so realistic. And so Microsoft right. has taken that version of it and using it in um, Teams. And again, I know that FaceTime has had this for a while, but I don't yeah, do yeah. a ton of FaceTime calls. Certainly not multi-person exactly. FaceTime calls. Right. Microsoft Teams, on the other hand, Brett, as someone that you know works in the the corporate world as an attorney, right. I right. use Teams. I mean all the time. I mean, every exactly. day. And so exactly. I love the idea of having it that you can, um, you know, if you've got people on the left of your screen and people on the right of the screen, the sound will seem like it's coming from the left or the right if you're using headphones um, that support that. One of the things that Microsoft said in this article, which I thought was interesting is, it's not just a gimmick. It actually makes it right. easier to follow the conversation and to yes. see who's talking. And that made sense. Right. And they had, I don't know if you're going to find it as you're scrolling in here, but they referred to something that I had never heard of. It was called something like the cocktail party effect yeah, or something I like that. that. Oh, there yeah. it is. You found it right there. And yeah. the idea is that if you're in a cocktail party, this is something that's been studied by scientists and there's right. all this noise and all this conversation. Your brain is smart enough to know I'm actually trying to listen to this person uh -huh. that's like in front of me to the left and your brain will focus on the sound coming from that direction. I guess right. that's something that we all do, but I've never really consciously thought about never before. Thought about it. And right. so using that same cocktail party effect that's been studied by scientists, you can apply the same thing to Microsoft Teams. And in the demo video that they have in the post, there's a single point, and it, it, the demo is a little silly because they're obviously doing a demonstration. It's not real. But there's one point right. where like, one person is talking about a topic and two or three other people start to talk amongst themselves about something different. And it's fascinating because you're following the first person because they were going first. And right. sure enough, my brain had no trouble sort of ignoring almost Jumping over. the side right. conversation because right. I sort of, not just because of the, who I saw was talking, but it sort of felt like it was coming from a different direction. And it was easy for my brain to continue listening to the person that was at the top left because right. the sound was coming from there. So again, I haven't tried this out yet. I think this post says it's actually currently implemented i don't know if both sides need to to have it. I, I don't i haven't played around with yeah. it yet but um but i look forward yeah, I'm to gonna doing go it in. 
so they have a, the post is really good and detailed in here. They go into in your team's settings that now I guess you meant, need to make sure you update your teams because there mm -hmm. is a spatial audio setting in here. Yeah. And to and to underscore your points, it's only available in the gallery view, right? Which is where we would normally have it. So if you've got yeah. multiple people, it's got to be in that the gallery Brady Bunch view. view. Yeah, exactly. Right, yeah. Exactly. Uh, I did see here one thing. I hope this is going to get ironed out soon. You need a stereo capable device such as wired headsets or a stereo capable laptop bluetooth devices are not currently supported oh um, i did not see say, that due to protocol i did but i know see, that's interesting because that i use my airpods exclusively all the time when I do microsoft exactly. team for so Zoom that's i'm not going to get yeah right. they have to fix that they say bluetooth devices <laughs> are not supported for protocol limitation well that's that makes no sense right here. because it works yeah. with facetime on my apple devices. i know so i wonder well. if that's a hmm that you know like they didn't get specific as to why what the limitation is and mm -hmm. you know that's very generic protocol limitation but i'm oh. with you i want that to be fixed like what Hopefully if iron out that limitation because we 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 need that now wherever we're gonna go that's yeah. good stuff though anyway it's like you said for a lot of folks and i know a lot of listeners that we you know we do team we do zoom but we also have a lot of teams that are happening now and it's just great to see that microsoft if nothing else is really just continuing to innovate on uh on that aspect as well i'll say one other quick thing about teams spread just for folks that use it a lot like i do um i was doing a presentation earlier this week uh from some associates in our firm and i had slides and we all know that when yeah. you use Microsoft team, you can either, you know, show your face or you can display the slides and you can go through them. So everybody can see it. Right. But I wanted to have a situation where people could see my slides, but they could also see me. And there have been times in the past where I've used third-party products, like one called mm -hmm, that you and I talked about a few weeks yep, ago right. that allow you to merge, have you superimposed. Well, much like Brett, you, you have a green screen. So your, right, your image right. on the video right now is superimposed on something else. There is actually a feature that was added to Teams recently. And, and I used it this week where when you go to share a slide, you can say, do I want just the slide on the screen? or do I want myself superimposed on top oh, of the slide, or do I want to have a, like a newscaster mode where the slide is in the top left and I'm right. here. And I use the one where I was superimposed at the bottom right. And if you want, you could switch yourself to the bottom left if you're okay. covering something up. <laughs> nice. And it worked really well. It was the first time I had tried it and it did exactly what I wanted. My audience was able to see my slides, but they were also able to see me uh, and my hand expressions and everything else just sort of in the corner. It worked really great. You could make yourself bigger or smaller. Um, so I just wanted to throw that out there that I didn't even know that that Ooh. feature was in Teams. And now that I see that it's built in, the next time that like I have a client meeting and I'm going through some documents or slides or something, yeah, yeah. I'm going to use this feature more and more. Really cool. I, I, I'm going to try that out because that, that is possible now, but you have a separate like slide view and then you've got your little video boxes up there. Right. But it sounds like this is now just all kind of incorporated into one. Maybe yeah, it worked great anyway, for it me. Just, yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to look into that as well. That really sounds cool. How about some, uh, workflow, uh, apps? No, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's not workflow any longer. It's shortcuts. Uh, Matthew Casanelli was the original developer of Workflow, which was a great. I I forgotten about it till you linked to it today, or you mentioned it today, <laughs> Jeff. That Apple purchased and they turned into shortcuts. And uh, this was really interesting. That I thought, okay, well, I don't need because I don't use a whole lot of shortcuts to be honest with you, but. Anytime there's something new, I like to just like know that it's possible. And now in iOS 17, at least in the betas, there is a shortcuts for camera modes, which I, I bring that on. I think this is great. 
Yeah, I think so too. So often you want to start taking a picture or a video and there are times when you want to do it immediately. Um, yeah. Video is true for me. You know, you'll start to see something happen in the world around you. Your your kid's doing something cute or something like that. And you want to immediately start taking video. But yes. what do you do? You open up your app, the, right. the photos app, and then you're in the, the still photo mode. And right. then you got to swipe over and always forget That's about right. stuff to go swipe left or swipe right. To exactly. The, you know, Same. and then by the time you get there, the moment's over. It's like, oh, so, um, so this would be cool, pretty cool that if you have a shortcut that would say go directly into the video mode and then i mean you could either make that you know an icon on your screen or you could do it some other way in fact there's a rumor that apple this yeah. fall might be making it that you can actually change what the uh with the um the, the, the switch on the side the, the silent too. you know yes. and so you might be able to program that and so maybe i'm just making this up maybe you could program it that if you flip the switch it'll instantly jump into the you know take a video mode so we'll, we'll see how this all plays out you know, the proof will be in the pudding, but at least as an idea, I'm totally in favor of this. So I think Absolutely. step one is to allow shortcuts to do it. And hopefully it'll be speedy, you know, and snappy and stuff, but let's, let's give us this capability and then let's figure out ways to do it. But I can actually see this being really useful. You are exactly correct. And a lot of times, what, one of the th ways that I take a picture, if I need something quickly like that, Jeff, is I don't even open or unlock my phone, right? I've got the little camera icon Same in the here. bottom right corner. So I tap and hold on that, but it does open directly to the camera. But now, I mean, there are like, what, six or seven different options in here. <laughs> if I want the photo, the video, it always goes to video, which is great, but you're exactly right. I'm like, I have to sit here for, you know, five or six seconds to like, okay, am I swiping this way? Then do I want it, you know, with this? Uh, Zoom level. I mean, there's just so much in there. I know it doesn't sound like it takes a long time, but if I could just go immediately to like the cinematic, uh, you know, 0.5 X zoom, you know, the widescreen view, if I could just jump directly to something like that, that'd be great. Now that might, that second part may be a little bit too uh, detailed in what they're doing, but anyway, just great. I'm, and I'm thrilled that Matthew is, is still posting about some of the things on here as well, which I think is, uh, which is uh which is good yeah his blog is a great use for um for you know all sorts of tips and shortcuts and stuff like that Theory you're reminding me Brett, right, that there right. is a way gosh i can't do it live as we're talking here but there is a setting on your camera on the iphone yeah. and i'm just not seeing it right now that you can Ooh. make it that when you jump into um here it is it's under it's under camera settings you okay. can actually there's something called preserve settings that you can preserve <gasps> the last right. mode that the camera was in so okay. for example if you oh, were most recently in video mode and you jump back into the camera app, you will once again be in video mode. Ooh. And it's your choice as to whether you have that turned on or off. I think it's turned off by default. Mine's turned it off is. too. But if you know, off. and again, this doesn't work for something happening just completely out of the blue. But for example, if you are at, you know, your kid's piano recital and you know that you're going to be taking video, but just right. not constantly, only when you're when your kid gets up there, you could say, okay, get right, myself in video this. mode and turn on this preserve mode. Right. And that way, when I start the camera app, I will be in that mode. So that that's another way to do it. it. Works. But again, that's going to only bring you to the last mode. It's not as powerful right. as the shortcut, which will let right, you right, set right. up different shortcuts Agreed. for different modes. But just for some people in some circumstances, that one setting might be what you're looking for. Um, just something to keep in mind. Oh, that is fantastic. Thank you, sir. Bonus tip for the day. Bonus yeah, tip I turned it on. You're right. It's off by default. But hey, I'll, I'll take that for now <laughs> until we get <laughs> iOS 17 on there. Many times we talk about smart light bulbs is what I figure we usually talk about. How about a smart ceiling light? 
for your home. Uh, this is from uh, 9 to 5 Mac, Benjamin Mayo, you linked to. Uh, I got to tell you, at first I was like, I don't need a smart ceiling light. But after reading <laughs> this, I'm like, I think I need a smart ceiling light. This is really needed. He, he talked a little about it, some very detailed aspects of it here. But uh, it's from Philips Hue, which uh, HUE, which has a very good reputation in the smart uh, lighting world today. Yeah. Philips Hue products tend to be a little bit more expensive, but they tend to work well. So, you know, right. you pay more and you get more. Um, I don't think I currently own any Philips Hue products because at my house, I'm so invested in the Lutron ecosystem where yeah, I control things by the strip, by the switch, not by the light bulb. Right. But if you're if you're interested in doing it at the light bulb stage, this is basically, like you said, Brett, instead of just replacing a light bulb, if you're going to replace your entire ceiling light, it's a very thin, low profile. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's a simple light that you wouldn't even pay attention to because there's just right. not much to it but um but it seems pretty cool that it's hooked up with phillips you can get it in different sizes you know small medium large right. and it's um it's not like a phillips hue color light that you can go orange and purple and blue right. it's just a white light but you do have the ability to make it more of like a uh, what is it like more of a bluer light or more of a of an orange or light? you know those sorts right. of temper right. light temperature it's as they temperature, call it yeah warmer yeah, yeah. So warmer and, and cooler so you can uh see uh, yeah the picture that you're showing in the video right now shows that yeah. so you can so you can get some adjustments of the light and of course the intensity too i'm sure you can you know make a you know, 50% or a hundred percent. So, right. you know, if you, if you're putting a light fixture in a room and you want something <laughs> that's just very low profile, this might be a way to do it. The Phillips, um, the other thing that the article pointed out, which I thought was helpful is the, the author said that he's used a bunch of Phillips products and mm -hmm. the led lights in them. I think he said that they've, he's never had to replace them. Like they last incredibly long. They're really good. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, we're in an age now where I just saw in the news the other day that on August 1st, here in the United States, they finally implemented this thing that's been coming for years now that <laughs> right. you can no, you can no longer sell certain incandescent lights. I mean, we're right. we're we're being pushed more and more into an LED light future. And Definitely. so, if you're going to do that, why not get some smart ones? <laughs> Make them smart. This is mm. called the Philips Hue in Rave. E N R A V E. Interesting. Uh, we have a daughter going off to college. Jeff, which means she needs a car. So she's taking our second car and we're looking to get another car for my son. Like, but uh, I don't want to go brand new. I want to go used if I can find one. Mm -hmm. I want to, I, you know, I want something that's workable, but I got to tell you one of the things that is keeping me back from this is I am so used today going into a car and using Apple CarPlay. And I know if I go and get a car that's what, eight, 10 years old or so, there ain't going to be no Apple CarPlay available in there. <laughs> and so today, will you link to this story from Cult of Mac? This is Leander Caney. The cheapest and easiest way to add a wireless CarPlay to any vehicle is actually using a cheap Amazon Fire tablet. And I just thought that was hilarious that he did this. But once I got to the bottom of the article and I'm like, I could do this. This this might be an option now for whatever card that we get. Really cool stuff here. Yeah, I, it just never occurred to me that you could do that, that you could use right. an Android tablet as the display for CarPlay and stuff, but why not? And you're right. I mean, even if you're going to get a used car, I would still absolutely want to have CarPlay in it, uh, whether I was driving it or whether it was one of my uh, one of my teenagers driving it, it. Yeah, you got to right. have that. Absolutely. Right.
Very cool stuff. Anyway, we'll link to the article and you can read through, but he talks about using a wireless charger for, for the tablet. And then I, I had to read this two or three times because he had to have an Apple CarPlay adapter that was linked to the, you know, from the iPhone, like a Bluetooth receiver from the iPhone to the actual Amazon tablet. Uh, and it works. He, he got it to work. I just love the fact that you were using like a, an Amazon tablet. We're using uh, uh, cables from different <laughs> manufacturers <laughs> and an iPhone. Like, Throw it all in. I think that's really great. Good stuff. There. <laughs> Where are you at segment? Where oh, you at? my goodness. You got some good ones today. Let's start with bicycles. How do you track a bicycle? This is actually on CNN Travel. A gentleman, it sounds like he was traveling from the U.S. to like Switzerland. I think is where he ended up doing like, I think he's 68 years old, but he's done this for many years. He takes his bicycle with him and they ride and ride and ride. But you can't ride if the bike doesn't make it to your destination. And fortunately, Indeed. after several days, it sounds like he was able to find it mainly because of the Apple AirTag that he put into his bicycle uh, luggage. Yeah, it sounds like he had two legs of his of his trip. The first part of the trip, he was going to be using a bike through uh, Zurich in Switzerland. And then the second part, he was going to a different part in Europe. And unfortunately, you know, his bike got lost along the way. So he did right. not have it for the first part of the trip, although London. he said yeah. he did for yeah. the second part. But yeah, so he was flying through London. So he went from Virginia to London to Zurich, and then they went to okay. a different part of the Europe. But um, so, but the thing is, you know, you land and your bike's not there. At any time that you land and your luggage is not there, you always hope that <laughs> maybe good. it's going to be coming out soon hope it's going right. to be coming out soon but fortunately he was smart enough to put an air tag with his bike so as soon as he lands in zurich he can say oh my bike is still in london heathrow he it did it. not make right it didn't make the second flag um now if you read this story i mean it is it, it's a happy ending that he got his bike but it wasn't a happy situation i mean he was yeah. bugging the airline every single right. day um right. he was going on twitter try to say you know try to use the social media to pressure it and you know he says it was a combination of having his air tag so he knew where it was at all times right and using the social media he thinks may have helped but he finally got some relief from the airline but it took a while. It was it was not easy. You know, this just not that this is a solution for carrying a bike because you can't carry on a bike to a plane. But okay. I mean, it's stories like this that tell me, gosh, whenever I travel, I always, always try to just carry on if you possibly can do it. But sometimes you can't do it. And then you're going to I think it's valuable to have an air tag so you can track your luggage. Uh, just real quick, case. I think last week we saw the price on the four pack of air tags was down to like eighty five dollars. Is that right? Yeah. On Amazon. Mm -hmm. Um it's gone up now, what, $3? <laughs> it's yeah. $88.99. I think you linked to it. Yeah, you did today in today's post. Uh, still an amazing bargain. I think that's what I, I think I paid $90 for my four pack, which mm -hmm. was a savings of what, $30, $40? I forget exactly whatever. But I mean, now again, I, I think I'm, I'm going to buy another four pack because I've already used the four that I have. And just like this, it has, it's almost like a little bit of peace of mind. Because yeah, we've absolutely. seen AirTags be able to track bicycles. We've seen AirTags track cars. We've seen AirTags track luggage. You can even put an AirTag in your houseplant. <laughs> this is a great story. Where is this? Philadelphia, I think. Apparently, wow, I didn't know there was such a rash of houseplant uh, thefts in Philadelphia. But apparently there is. And so one couple got a little frustrated. That frustrated by the recent theft of their outdoor potted plants. So they devised a scheme to track down their plants if they ever go missing again. And sure enough, they were able to track down their stolen house plant. I mean, you got to imagine this is annoying that you have a house plant in front of your house and then it's suddenly gone. And then it sounds right. like she put another one out there and then it was gone too. Like, and you're you like, what is it, going, you water it? 
what's going on? Someone keeps stealing right. my plants. This is ridiculous. And so the the article, of course, you got to yeah, got to do this for the article. The article calls her a vigilante. Uh, so her vigilante solution was to put an air tag in the plant. And so she says she walks out one day. Once again, it was gone. But she immediately, you know fired up her iPhone, used the AirTag, and saw her plant moving down the street a couple blocks away. <laughs> and they find this guy that's just pulling a wagon with a whole bunch of plants with in it, including hers. It. And she said they, she said she basically just took her plant. And he's like, oh, I, I didn't steal these. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure the plant just walked well, away and jumped into his, his wagon. But the wagon. they got their plant back. And hopefully the the uh, the the serial plant thief will now be deterred from stealing plants from her house. I mean, it's a shame that we need to even think about putting an air tag in a plant, but but, you know, why not? It worked. You know, it would be nice if Apple air tag sponsored the show. They could sponsor the where you at segment there, (laughs) but for now we would just be thrilled and pleased to tell you about today's sponsor of our podcast, which is SaneBox. Now, Jeff, I know you know about SaneBox because you have worked with them in the past. You have used them for a long time. In fact, I think the first time that I really paid attention to SaneBox was because of your post on iPhone JD. When you were talking about it, they sponsored the the blog in the past, and it was just really amazing to be able to work with the system. I had never set anything up on this, but uh, I'll let you describe sort of the service here, and then I'll jump in and just tell you how impressed I am already, and uh, I I'm I'm going to be a lifelong user already. Yeah, Sanebox is a great service because we all use email, but you know that right. when you look in your email, you know you may have, you know, I'm doing another task and then I turn my attention back to my email and I see that I've got 20 messages in there and I just like, oh, I've got to go through 20 messages. But the reality is I don't because many times some of those messages are just like newsletters that I do subscribe to, but I, I'm going to read those at night. I don't need to look at them right now. Some of them are sort of junk messages, you know, messages from people I don't care about that I don't want to hear about again. Some of them are messages from, you know, if it it turns out there's not actually 20 messages, there's really only three messages that matter. And SaneBox is a service that allows you to immediately just see the messages that matter. SaneBox can work with any email service just about. um, And it just saves you all this time because what it does is you decide what features of SaneBox you want to use. I use the ones that I just described. Take all my newsletters because it's smart enough through artificial intelligence to know that this is, you know, the Joanna Stern Wall Street Journal newsletter that comes out once we detect. Put all of those newsletters into one place and then take all of the things that you think are probably, you know, maybe they're not spam or junk per se, but they're, they're, they're sort of marketing emails, put them into another folder called sane later. I'll get to them at a later yeah. point. And then yeah. just leave in my inbox, the things that matter. And it, it, it's great because it means that I, I save time. So I, I look at my inbox and I don't waste time, but it also means that I just, I can just focus, you know, on getting back to my other work. I can, you know, use email for what I want it for. Now, right, when I have right. time later on, sure. I'll go look in the folder of sane news and I'll leave, look at all my newsletters at night. And then at once a point, I'll, I'll take a look at the same later folder and say, okay, of these 30 messages that it's put in here over the last two days, um, you know, maybe one or two of them I want to keep, but some of them might just be complete junk. Like, I don't want to hear from this person ever again. And so another feature of Sanebox that I love is they have this thing called Sane Black Hole. And oh my yeah, goodness, I love this feature because good. it's sort of like a 
psychology experiment on myself. I, I love the way it makes me feel that it's like, I am so sick and tired of hearing from this person. It's usually not a person I know in real life. You know, usually it's right, like a right, right. marketer or something like that, or somebody trying to say, you know, I'm going to help you with your, with your iPhone JD website to save money. I'm yeah, like, I don't want right. you helping me save money. So I right, will take that right. and I will say, put this in the same black hole folder. And because SaneBox uses artificial intelligence, it doesn't just put that message in. It will actually say anytime in the future that I get an email from this person, put yeah. it in the same black hole folder too. So it's almost like a spam folder type thing. You can always take a look at it, you know, just open it up. You can see it's, what's in it's there. It's all still there. If, right. Yeah. So if you think that something might've been a mistake, you can always just put it back into your inbox and same box because it uses artificial intelligence. The fact that it's been moved into your inbox will teach it not to put it in same black hole in the future, but but it's nice. And then the other thing I like about same box is the sort of the privacy aspect of it, that the way that I have it working is... Um, it's not reading my messages or anything like that. All it's looking at yeah, is the subject lines and the right. senders. So um, yeah, I'm not yeah. really concerned about, a, you know, the it's just computers anyway, but I'm not really concerned about the computers looking at the substances of my messages because it doesn't need to. All it looks at is right. who it's from and where it comes from. Now, what I've just described are the, the basic features of SaneBox. Yeah, right. There are a million more more advanced features that, that I've, I've talked about in the past, but just to have a way to make my email that I can jump in, I can see what's important and I can right. jump out again. Right. It, it makes a huge difference. Well, I set up my SaneBox account, Jeff. And um, that was one of the first questions that I had. It's like, I don't know if I want SaneBox looking at my professional work email, right? Some things are confidential. I don't want them to have access to it. But after reading your reviews and reading this wonderful page they have on SaneBox.com about their security, right. I got very comfortable with this because they are not, first of all, like you said, it's not like a human person is sitting there looking at everything. They're not reading the entire content in the body of the email. They're really just looking at what we call the email header, right? The to mm -hmm. and the from, you know, the subject line. Uh, they're just very specific pieces of information that they can make a decision. Well, they, the computer can make a decision basically because it really is AI that's working on this. It makes a decision on what kind of a message is this? Like you said, is it a newsletter? Is it? Is it something from a receipt, for example? Because that's another one of the features. They have a sane receipts inbox, right? Mm -hmm. Which just puts it basically into another folder, which is what I would typically do myself. If I'm looking through my inbox without SaneBox, I would go through and I would have to say, okay, well, that email needs to go over there. This email needs to do over this. Uh, you know, this part needs to go. This this is a newsletter that I'll get to it later. So I'm going to leave it unread, but I'm going to leave it in my inbox. I mean, there are so many decisions that I typically make. And I set this up on my, my full personal email account that I've had for years and years and years. And I'm like, I want to try this. I want to see what it's going to do. And even within just about an, a, an hour, Hour, Jeff. It went to, goes through this beautiful process that it walks you through. It's analyzing your inbox. It sets up these folders for you. I just gave it access to my to my email and I continue using the email exactly the way that I've been using it for years and years. It's just now I have these additional folders that I can jump to. Um, I got to tell you, because of that, though, the only part that was a little disconcerting to me when I first went to my inbox, Jeff, the first time I do it, because I always jump to my mail and I'm like, I have this little bubbling sense of apprehension because I know it's going to take me several minutes to dig through everything and triage all the different messages, getting to something like, is that important? Do I have to delete that? Do I need to move that to a different folder? Now, when I go with SaneBox, there's like three messages <laughs> and I'm like, oh, 
is something wrong with my internet account? Is something wrong? Is my email host not working? Like I was, I was visibly upset at first. I'm like, what's wrong? This is not the normal, you know, 15 minutes that I have to spend digging around in my inbox. And it's because Sanebox had already taken care of it. And sure enough, yeah. I went down and looked at my different folders and everything was set up there. And I just, I'm, I'm really a big fan and we'll continue to talk about it a little bit and share a little bit more on this, but we have a special website. If you want to go and check this out yourself, we have a site set up at sanebox.com slash in the news and you can get a free trial for 14 days which is amazing right most of the time it's like seven days and if you decide to sign up for it because you're going through sanebox.com slash in the news you can get 25 dollars credit toward a one of their subscriptions which are already uh, very reasonable, <laughs> but you can get a little bit off of that as well. So sanebox.com slash in the news, all one word, S-A-N-E-B-O-X.com. Thanks for writing about this, Jeff, because um, I, I, like I said, I don't think I would have known about it if it wasn't for you. And now I'm excited to use it more and more. Good stuff on this. Okay. Well, how about in the know? <laughs> in the Let's, know. Um, and, and I got to tell you, I had, I have a tip here about the mail app on my phone. Uh, and I thought it was kind of appropriate because we just talked about using mail with SaneBox. By the way, there is a SaneBox app, if I'm not mistaken, right, for the iPhone, Jeff. But oh, you can use, yep, you can use the SaneBox uh, folders in the mail app, right? Because I use the mail app on my iPhone so I can get into the folders. So, I mean, you can use the SaneBox app. I downloaded it today, uh, but I just am accessing the folders within the mail app as well. But one of the other things that even if I use SaneBox, on some of these. Um, I did this the other day. I had several messages that I needed to plow through. They were from a certain individual that, you know, over the several months I had several messages. So what I did is I went through and I flagged, uh, I think it was maybe about a dozen messages, right? So I wanted to go through those, but I only then wanted to see those 12 messages so I could start reading from the very bottom. Well, once I had them flagged, I wanted to be able to do a filter on this. And there's a very easy way in the mail app now. If you look in any list in the mail app on your iPhone or your iPad, there's a little button at the very bottom left. It's a circle, which looks like a um, uh, three little lines. Right. <laughs> I don't know, it's kind of like a filter looking thing. You, you, you'll see it, you'll recognize it really quick. But if you tap on that, by default, the current folder you're looking at will be filtered by read and unread messages. And it'll fact just give you a filter of your unread messages. That's the default. And I knew that. And so I thought, well, this isn't gonna help me, right? Cause I don't care about the unread messages. I wanna see the ones that I flagged. Well, once you tap on that little filter button at the very bottom, it says filter by unread and you can tap on that unread and then it will give you additional options to filter this. So you can say, I only wanna see unread messages, which I didn't, or I only wanna see the flagged messages. And that's exactly what I did. It worked so great, it was already built in. There's a couple of other options here that you can have if you just wanna see messages addressed to you or CC'd to you, or you only wanna see mail with attachments or only mail that was sent today. Uh, those are some of the built-in filters. And I know there's other tools that you can use to filter, but I just love the fact that this little basic filtering mechanism is already built into the Apple Mail app on the iPhone and right. on uh, your iPad. Good stuff on that. Yeah, good stuff. When you talked about the unread mails, you remind me that one of the reasons that a lot of people keep things unread in their mail app yes. is that they are intending to go back to it later. And exactly. we all know that's not really a safe way to do it because it's so nope. easy to automatically 
you know, tap on it and change it from unread to read, and then you forget to go back to it later. So having said that, I will admit that I do it from time to time, even though it's really not a safe thing to do. A better way to do it, though, is to actually give yourself a reminder. And there's a feature of the mail app that if you're looking at a message and you're like, oh, you know, this is an important message. I want to deal with it. I just can't deal with it right now. You can say if you, um, while you're looking at a message, if you tap the little icon that you would tap on to reply, it's like that arrow uh-huh. that's sort of going towards the left. If you tap on that, you'll see that there's an option about three or about, you know, halfway down that says, uh, remind me. And then once you tap remind me, you can say, I want you to remind me on a specific day and a specific time, just like any other reminder you would set up. And then, so let's just say, for example, I'm doing some work this morning. I'll say, remind me about this at two o'clock in the afternoon. So So then I'm going about doing my work two o'clock in the afternoon, I will get a reminder on my iPhone and my, my (laughs) Apple watch and everything else. And uh, it'll just show that email header. If I tap on it on my, on my phone, it'll go directly to that email. And it's a great way to like, oh yeah, I do want to deal with this. Just not right now. (laughs) It's not relying upon the leaving unread or anything like it. It's a, it's a much more surefire way to make sure that you get back to that email later. So this is one of these things that if you don't think about it being there and because it's sort of hidden behind the reply icon, Yeah, you you might not even know that it's there in the first place, but oh my goodness, it's so useful when you just want to say, gosh, I'm going to deal with this one on Saturday and then get your reminder on Saturday. Oh yeah, I need to deal with that email. That's good. And I've only used that rarely, but I will look at that. Although I would have to tell you not not to jump back to SaneBox, but do they not have even in here, like some reminder folders on in SaneBox as well? Like you can say, I, I, you know, they say procrastination is good, but there are snooze folders in here. And anyway, I just wanted to explore that a little bit as well. But I do like, again, that a basic functionality is already baked into the Apple mail app, such as the filtering or the remind me that kind of a thing. But uh, I'm, I'm excited to start using SaneBox a little bit more to maybe kind of like, you know, kick it up a notch, if you will, on there. Anyway, we do appreciate it. Thanks, SaneBox, for sponsoring us uh, today. And uh, yeah, if you are interested in learning a little bit more, SaneBox.com slash in the news. You can sign up for a free trial. You can stop it at any time, but at least you'll be a little bit more knowledgeable about your uh, your uh, SaneBox option. I, I just thought if your inbox is insane, try SaneBox. That, that, that's a freebie sane box. You can just use that. You know, you don't, you don't have to no attribute attribution necessary. That's great. All right. That's a lot of stuff, Jeff. Thank you so much uh, for being here as always. And we'll talk with you next week. Thanks, Brett. Bye-bye everybody.